Hello, and welcome to the McCovey Chronicles Happy Hour. My name is Sammy Higgins, and this week I was joined by friend of the site, Carmen Keough. We talked about the Home Run Derby, the likelihood of the upcoming Giants trades, and we both had ballpark-related rants. Without further ado, here's my interview with Carmen. Hi, everyone. Today I'm joined by our old friend, Carmen Q. Carmen, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So you're actually technically a friend of the show because we did try to have you on once um, in 2017, I think, when I was taking over for Brian on the Croncast. Um, and unfortunately, none of you got to hear that because as is a longstanding rite of passage for that podcast, the interview was eaten by technology. Um, so that was unfortunate. It was a good one, though. It was a good one, and I'm sorry that everyone missed it, but we've got you back today, and that's what counts. So we like to start it off with a little bit of a getting-to-know-you quiz. So I'm going to ask you three questions. Okay. And the first one is, if you were commissioner for a day, what would you change? I don't know if this is technically something that the commish handles, but I hate that you can't use uh, any of MLB's content in any sort of way other than how they control it. It drives me crazy as somebody who makes animated GIFs, who likes to make, you know, videos and things like that. It drives me crazy that they won't allow it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the NBA certainly does. And, you know, the, the, the baseball fans out there are demanding content. Why would you not give it to them when you're trying to grow your audience? So that drives me absolutely crazy. I would for sure change that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I can see how that would be a little bit difficult if you're trying to, you know, create content. I was like, I'm trying to help you guys. Right. Well, and we, we run up against that, too, with our um, articles, because, like, especially in recaps, you want to be able to, like, show people what happened in the game. And you can only, like, post one. They only allow you to, like, embed certain videos. And even those videos, like, they stop working, like, the next day. Yeah, it's it's infuriating. So I think that has to change. Uh, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. Everybody seems to be shortening the, you know, or making the pace of play a little faster. But I'm like, listen, it's not that the game is 10 minutes longer than you want it to be. It's that nobody cares. <laughs> well, and it's it seems like they're making the we've talked about this before, but it seems like they're making the um, the videos that you can watch shorter. Like, every time you go on there, um, Brady had mentioned in a past podcast how, like, if they're showing you that, like, a, a pitcher struck out a bunch of players, they're just showing you, like, the strikes. They're not showing you anything else. Or you have, like, the home run videos condensed down to, like, 20 seconds. It's, like, literally the moment they hit the ball to the moment they round, and they finish rounding the bases. It's like, come on, I want to see a little dugout celebration. Yeah, it drives me absolutely bonkers. I will always, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that. The second question is, if you had to give an impromptu TED Talk about anything, like, it doesn't have to be a serious matter, what could you talk about at length at the drop of a hat? Um, let's think. I, You know, one of the things I feel like I'm really good at is just knowing random things from Parks and Recreation. I actually did take, like, a super fan quiz on that show, and I scored really, really high. So <laughs> I was trying to think of what stupid thing I could talk about. Oh, the rules And I feel like it's Parks... Oh, go ahead. What was that? I was just saying, you have to, like, talk about the rules to that game that, um, what was his name? Um, Leslie's boyfriend. That game that he created? Oh, the the Cones of whatever, the <laughs> yeah. Cones of Dunshire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God. I know. I love, I love that show. I think it's so funny. It still makes me laugh and I've watched it hundreds of times. So I feel like that has to be my Ted talk subject. I love it. I could probably use a, a rewatch on that myself. So third question. And I feel like you will hopefully have a good answer for this one. Favorite ballpark food from any park. Oh, that one's so hard because there's so much good food. Like, I feel like I've traveled to a bunch of different stadiums. Uh, I, okay. So can I do two? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to do, there's barbecue in San Diego. That is so good. I forget what chain it is, Phil's, I think. but it's in like, it's Phil's. I love Phil's barbecue. I don't know why. I just think it's so delicious. And I'm not a huge, like, wanting to eat a barbecue thing at a ballpark person, but I will when I'm there. And then I love Shake Shack, and so I got to go with City Field, and they have Shake Shack there. So those are the two I'm going with. Good answers. You're not the first person to say Phil's. Oh, uh, I'm not? That's no. good. So Lana Berry, actually, she named that stadium as the best uh, ballpark food stadium. So Oh, for sure. It's so good. It's delicious. Um, so we kind of skipped right over um, our introductions because I just assumed everybody knows Carmen. But for those that <laughs> don't know Carmen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days? Uh, to start off, Carmen wrote for the site last year. So Yeah, you, I did. Yeah. Um, That's so, probably how anybody here would know me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so what do you do? What are you up to these days? Yeah, so um, like you said, I wrote for the site last year. Um, I have been working in kind of baseball and sports for the last couple of years, doing kind of a bunch of different things, but primarily, um, working with Marty Lurie on KMBR doing pre and post games for weekends in the park. Um, and that's just like producer on air type of work. Um, I have a podcast called mid inning relief, uh, that we talk about San Francisco giants and baseball stuff. And then um, most recently, I have joined the NBC Sports crew and have a show called Triples Alley that comes on after Giants postgame. So um, those are kind of the main things I think I've been playing around with lately. All great things. We like to talk about um, what made you fall in love with both the sport of baseball and your team, which is the Giants. So what's your story? Uh yeah, I kind of think they're probably uh, one in the same, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think there was any, any other choice but to like the Giants because that was my dad's team. Um, he's also the reason I love baseball. He uh, took me to games at a very young age. We went to Candlestick together. He enrolled me in softball. Um, he told me all about the players. He would draw little diagrams on the field for me, um, a napkin and explain things to me about, you know, why somebody would be positioned here or there, whatever. He just taught me everything I needed to know. If I was in the car, we'd be listening to a game or, you know, sports talk radio. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I had no choice, but to love the giants and to love baseball because he, he loves them so much. He still does. You know, we, we don't talk a lot because he uh, lives in Malaysia and the time difference can be a little, uh, you know, a little aggressive, Mm -hmm. but you know, when we talk, we always talk about baseball and it's been something, it's been really cool for me to be able to work in baseball and be able to connect with him on that level because You know, I think to some degree he understands that he's the reason I I love it and I would just want to make him proud. So 
um, it's something that I think, you know, we, we have a connection on. Yeah. I think that's a, a common story, uh, among a lot of baseball fans, especially people that work in, um, sports media. So can I ask you how, how did you get into working in sports media? I, this sounds really stupid, but like Twitter, <laughs> that's not stupid. That's common. Okay. So I've, you know, I was on Twitter just, you know, ding around as I always do. And I, I decided I wanted to teach myself how to make um, animated GIFs. So I, you know, Googled it, looked it up, learned. And then I just, you know, I was watching every game anyway. So I would just watch, make GIFs. And, you know, over time they became more viral or I got to know people through doing that, just made internet friends, which is definitely not safe, but um, it's something that I think we all can relate to on some level, your internet friends, Mm -hmm. especially on Twitter. Um, And then from there, I believe I got a writing opportunity. And, you know, I think with any writing opportunity, you have to make the most out of it to create the content that you want to create. So I wrote a story on um, Nicole Vogelsong, and I think this was in 2011 at this point. I don't remember. It was a while ago. And I really wanted to focus on, you know, and and I still want to focus on, um, I love baseball, but I think, and I love the baseball players, but I think that, you know, there's a lot of strong women behind the scenes that make it possible for these players to be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was certainly the case with Nicole Vogelsong. Um, so I interviewed her and wrote a piece on her that got, you know, some, some attention. And so I ended up getting interviewed by Marty Lurie about that piece mm-hmm. and we just got along really well. So he asked me to be a producer and from there on out, the rest is kind of history. So what is your typical day like, assuming it's like a weekend and you have both shows? Oh, gosh, that was just Sunday. I had that going on. (laughs) But um, it it can be a little crazy. It was not as bad this time around because um, there was a night game and that meant I got to sleep in one of the days. But um, usually, you know, it's a one o'clock start for both days and we get there around maybe 830 in the morning to prep for a nine o'clock start. Um, we go straight up until uh, pregame, and then you know we go in and we watch the game from the press box. If I'm not doing the Triples Alley show, um, I will do the postgame show with Marty on KNBR. So that that probably goes till about 7 p.m. typically. So it's like pretty long day. Oh my if I'm doing triples, I, I know. Sometimes I'm like, uh, it's probably not too healthy to be here for that long. <laughs> but if I'm doing triples alley, um, I leave before the game starts because we do produce the show ourselves. And we get there and we talk about what we want to do that day. We make sure, you know, everything, all our ducks are in a row. And then our show goes on an hour after, um, the Giants uh, throw their last pitch. So that's typically how that goes. So sometimes, you know, I actually prefer the day shows because then I'm not there until midnight, one o'clock. Right. Um, So so it just kind of depends on what time the games are and, you know, what I got going on. That is a long day at the ballpark. I know. That's why when I saw you on Saturday, I was like, I need to leave because I was just, (laughs) I knew that I had a long day the next day. Let's talk about Saturday. So <laughs> you had a pretty great moment of being right about something. Do you want to talk about Never it? happens. Never happens. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to have two. Um, we're going to have two in this episode. So we'll start with this uh, one. I'm really on a roll right now, which again, it never happens. I'm not the kind of person who is right about things, who wins any sort of lottery or raffle. Like it's just not my jam. 
Um, but we were sitting uh, with the whole kind of meetup crew out in 135, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Brian was there, you know, we were kind of going back and forth about whatever, just shooting the shit about baseball. Oh, can I say that? Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Um, and, you know, I was saying, you know, Austin Slater has done amazingly in San Diego. He had, you know, a ton of RBIs. He had hit a home run. He had a triple. He was just like raking. And, you know, he has adjusted his swing. So I was like, hey, I really think that he should be playing either more often or every day at this point, right? And Brian was saying he didn't think so. He wants to see what Yastrzemski could do. Well, I think Brian's point was there wasn't a place for him because the Giants wanted to see what Yastrzemski was going to do. But that doesn't change your point. (laughs) I mean, he was arguing for the Giants, which I was like, listen, there's always a place for somebody who's raking, Yeah, in my opinion. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I got to see what that guy is going to do, so I'm going to bench this guy who's hot right now. That's not how you win games. And so you left after the first inning, or you left our group after the first inning, and what happened? Uh, Austin Slater hit a grand slam. Yes, he (laughs) did. Thank you so much. Thank (laughs) you so much, everyone. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Well, speaking of things that you got right, we are recording this right after the Home Run Derby, and Carmen, who was your pick? Peter Alonzo. Actually, Pete Alonzo. He doesn't like being called Peter, I don't think. You are on a roll. So this was kind of one of the craziest home run derbies that I've ever witnessed. It was super fun. I loved it. Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, I, I have a, a couple of gripes about the format, but um, ultimately, I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Jock Peterson and Vlad Jr. That was 40 close. And, 40 and 39. Are you kidding me? I couldn't believe that. First of all, I thought Jock would not be able to repeat kind of what he had done when, you know, a couple years ago when he was against, I think, Todd Frazier. I I just didn't expect anything from him. And I thought Josh Bell would be amazing. Like, there's just a lot of stuff that happened that I was like, wait a second. That doesn't seem right. Vlad also, I thought he might be, you know, as a rookie, not maybe not used to kind of the bright lights and the pressure of hitting a bunch of bombs, but he had absolutely no problems. He only had eight home runs going into this. It was crazy. And I, I guess this is kind of where my, my, I don't gripe against who won. That's fine. My, my gripe is a little bit about the format is it seems like the person who goes second has the best chance of winning because there's less, I don't want to say less pressure, but when you're going first, you don't know the number that the other person's going to hit. So you, you just have to like, wear yourself out trying to hit as many as you can was i feel like if you're going second you can strategize is that a word i think that's a yeah word. yeah no yeah. i know what you're saying yeah i wonder i don't know how they made the seeds do you i do not know i, I don't and then that's the thing is I, I noticed in some years you'll get the same player in every round like uh going like second so they'll go second in the first round they'll go second in the semifinals they go second in the finals and they end up winning all of them which isn't necessarily due to the format but it does seem like you have a bit of an advantage when you know how many you have to hit in order to win whereas if you're going first you just have to like go until you're tired and I think maybe that's what wore out Vlad because he hit 40 and obviously he needed to because it got that close but I I I can understand him not being able to hit more than 22. Walls, he hit so many. Like, I think it, in this case, it was more a circumstance of he went against Jock and a bunch of guys who, you know, were hitting a lot of home runs, too. You mean second when you're you or the other guy, right? Not in the bracket. Oh, when you're the sec- uh, second of two. 
Second of two. Gotcha. Okay. Because I was thinking, well, Vlad technically went first, like, his round. Right, um, right. And so he had a ton of time to rest versus, like, Pete didn't really, you know? Right. Uh, but And I've seen I, it that I, way, too, where somebody will go second in their matchup and then be first in the next round. It's like, yeah, give the man a chance to breathe. Yeah, maybe they should have alternated. I don't really know yeah. what the, the solution, because somebody, at some point, somebody gets the short end of the stick. So I'm not I, really sure how to remedy that. Yeah, and there's no way to really plan ahead for something like Vlad versus Jock going 39 oh, and 40. Because you yeah, kind of want some, you want something like that to be the last round if possible. Because the it ended up making the, the the last round or the final round a little bit anticlimactic. Yeah, when they um when they posted the rules, being like, yeah, this is what happens, and the next round you do this, and if there's a tiebreaker, then this. I was like, who's why? Why would you need a tiebreaker? Turns <laughs> out they needed all the tiebreakers. So yeah. I, I was really wrong about that. But I am happy that Pete Alonso pulled it out. He's a really weird man child, and <laughs> I just appreciate. I love Vlad, by the way. Vlad Jr. Yes. is like exactly what we need in this game. We need like. 100 different Vlads everywhere yes. <laughs> um if that would be my choice but you know I'm happy a a rookie won it um b I talked to Pete Alonzo in the fall league um and I just really like the guy like he's very down to earth and the way listen even if he didn't win the home run derby he probably would have had the longest home run ball he's mm-hmm. just really really powerful and he's a different kind of hitter that is built exactly for the game that baseball is today so um, I just I just really like the guy. He's so funny. We were when I interviewed him, I remember I was like nervous because I knew he was a big prospect. And I was like, oh, before the interview, I was like, OK, do you like Pete or Peter? And he said, Pete. And I was like, OK. And then when I got into the interview, I was like, I'm here with Peter Alonzo. He probably thought I was trolling him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. Yeah. No, yeah, that's funny. Like, you asked specifically, and then whoops. Yeah, he's probably like, you are for sure trolling me. Oh. Um, I have to say, overall, I know it's been a couple of years since they've changed it, but I really liked the new format that's a lot like the three-point contest because it, it moves it a little bit faster. It feels like there's more stakes in each round. There, I think there's some little things here and there they could fix, but overall, I've really enjoyed the format. Yeah, so MLB doesn't do a great job at changing things for the better. So when I see something like the Home Run Derby that I think is pretty close to what it should be, I really enjoy it. I also like that they're paying them more money this time. Yeah. Um, both rookies make not a lot of money by baseball standards and way more. Their prize money is more than their salary by over double, right? So um, I just appreciate that they're getting they're getting a little extra on the top when they work just as hard as, you know, some of the veterans. Yeah, and I felt like going into this that that might be like a hindrance to um, maybe not viewer, well, maybe um, attraction to the event because you're not getting your big names. But then you have it, you have the derby that happened tonight, and it's like, no, 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 it, it's just fine with just the young kids that many, maybe people don't know as well. Oh, I feel like these these days everybody knows those guys. No, especially <gasps> since Vlad has the. Um... The lineage. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, if you're a baseball fan, like general baseball, yeah. If you're like casual follow your team fan, maybe not. Like Giants fans, I don't know who their rooting interest overall for this event was because, you know. Well, we're Giants fans. Well, yeah. But I mean, like casual, we're not casual Giants fans. That's uh, true. But I mean, like overall, like there's not like a huge, we didn't have like a huge rooting interest in this event, I'll say. Yeah, and you don't have I, like a Bryce Harper in it to like be like, oh yeah, I like Bryce. 
you know. But I was like dying laughing because I was looking at this Instagram that Christian Yelich posted. Mm-hmm. It was like five of the Brewers, and it said like we roll deep or so- something like that. And I just pictured Will Smith posting a picture by himself. Oh, that's so, so, the Giants have been posting pictures like that. It makes me sad. It's like our I know, and I keep thinking in my mind, our poor lonely all star. Okay, well, speaking of our poor lonely all star, Will Smith, that kind of leads us to back to the Giants. Obviously, the big uh, names on the chopping block for for trades are Will Smith, Madison Bumgarner, and I'm hearing more about Pablo Sandoval lately. What do you think is going to happen? Um, here's what I, I mean. Personally, I think Will and and Bumgarner are going to go for sure. I don't know about Sandoval, though, because I can see a world in which the upside of trading him is not greater than just keeping him around because you're going to trade something. You probably want something back. What's the best you could get from Pablo Sandoval? A, you're not lifting salary, so it's not not like that's helpful, right? And then mm-hmm. B, what would you get back? Like a C-plus prospect at best? I don't know if I find that worth it, um, mm-hmm. especially since he's cheap and controllable and whatever, you know, and especially Boach's last season, I can't see him wanting to part with Pablo. Uh, so I just feel like the odds against trading him would are higher than actually letting him go. I think Bumgarner and Will Smith are like gone for sure. Like I, I know a lot of fans are saying, oh, maybe they won't trade Mass and Bumgarner. I don't I think they're like pushing hard to let him go somewhere. Yeah, and it it feels like there's like this overly optimistic portion of the fan base that feels like it's like the team's fortunes are shifting right now, and they're only like five and a half games back from the wild card spot. And do you know, not be fooled. I know exactly, and that's the thing is is like because if that bleeds into the minds of the organization, it's like well maybe we should hold off, and then they get to August, and then they just stink. You know, then you got nothing out of it. Farhan is far too smart for that. Yeah, and I don't think, uh, I I think you're right about Bumgarner and Smith, as sad as I am. I mean, obviously, I love Madison Bumgarner. And I love having a closer that can, like, that is 100% reliable. Obviously, you know, you can't expect him to be every single game, but he's, what, 23 for 23? And also, yeah, he's 23 for maybe 22. I can't remember where he's at. Uh, But, you know, why have a closer when you don't need to close anything? You know, like there's no importance to it at this point. If you're not making a run for it, um, you are much better off going after because Will Smith, you could get an A prospect, maybe two A, like an A and a B prospect going down the stretch. Uh, people, everybody's bullpen sucks. Like, why would you not want a Will Smith? My God, that's like the best thing you can get. There's probably a couple other of arms in the the bullpen that could probably fetch something decent with Tony Watson, Sam mm-hmm. Dyson. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think the two it's... hot pieces are what you just talked about, but um, I don't know why anybody wouldn't be looking towards the Giants for for very uh, kind of effective pitchers that could help them in the stretch, like you were saying. Right. I just. It, to me personally, it makes me sad to think we finally, we finally have a bullpen that we don't have to get too worried about when they come into the game, and and and, and they're going to be leaving. I mean, that's certainly one way to look at it. I under- and I totally understand people who feel that way. But on another hand, you know, let's see what is going on in AAA. Let's see what we can get back in return. Yeah, there's a lot no. of things. There's a lot of upsides to this, and. I know baseball is not a game where you think long term because it's a game that you play every single day. It's a game about failure. You know, like it, it can be very easy to be caught up in day to day. 
but you know, it's it hasn't been just the season of misery. It's been right. years of misery at this point. <laughs> and I I personally would like to see some changes, you know. I don't think anybody seems particularly happy, you know, being yeah. there and uh, not to say that they're miserable, but you know, if you want these guys to succeed, which I do, I hope that they would go to a team that's in contention yeah. because the Giants are not going to be that team for at least the next year or two. I don't like to say that the timing sucks of them winning games, but the timing does kind of suck of them for winning sure. games the last week or so of like 10 runs per game. Cause it's kind of like, <laughs> there's still a chance. I know, but it's like coming from guys that, you know, it's not coming from the people who should technically be producing. Right. It's coming from some randos and those, we could get some randos from other teams, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what's far. I, I'm just, I think Farhad hasn't had a fair shake. You know, he's kind of been, his hands are tied in a lot of situations that I think for now, for now he can be a little bit more free because he's been given the green light by ownership to do what he needs to do to, to make trades that will be beneficial to the Giants. So I'm excited. Oh, sorry. That's just kind of what I mean about like it being bad time, a bad time for the Giants to go on like a crazy 10 runs per game winning streak. Cause it's like, he would have had, more generosity of spirit from the fans to start making these trades if they still were playing like they were playing in May. I mean, and... for for all intents and purposes, it doesn't matter what the fans think. This yeah. is this is not like I, I'm not throwing any shade to the fans. They're critical part to team success, right? If fans aren't showing up. They're not gonna they're not gonna be successful. I would say that it's better that they're playing well because it actually shows that. You know, Madison Bumgarner's been pitching well. Will Smith has been pitching well. The more these guys can up their value, the easier you'll be able to to move them for something valuable. So if, from my perspective, I feel like I've turned into, like, I always say I'm the Ray Ratto now. Of, of <laughs> oh, my God. Not That's purpose, an image. Not on purpose, but it just so happens that when you watch the game as much as I do at this point, you just are not going to be like, oh, yeah, it's so good. Everything's great. Like, it's really hard to be that person. Um, so I think that, you know, the better they can play, the better all these guys can pitch and hit or whatever, the more trade value and the more competitive you can get um, with what you're asking for. So that's maybe I'm just looking at it from a silver linings perspective, but that's kind of how I see it. Oh, no, I, and I completely get the logical argument that you're making. Um, I just know that from talking with people every day that are casual Giants fans, who are looking at the wild card standings, who are watching these games over the last week thinking, oh man, yeah, they keep, they're still in this. And, you know, it, it's just kind of like at that point, maybe they're not going to understand, well, why, wait, 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 why are we trading Bumgarner and Will Smith if, if they're winning all these games? But, you know, I, I, I see both arguments, but ultimately, yeah, the fans don't make the decisions on the future of the team. Okay, so now we're going to do our venting corner where we give everybody an opportunity to vent about anything they want. Could be positive, could be negative, whatever you want to talk about. So, Carmen, I'm going to let you go first. All right. Well, I was thinking about two different rants. I already did one on Triple Zally's about honey mustard in the ballpark, which I'm still angry about. But <laughs> since I already Wait, what came that... from that one? Didn't something come from that one? Yeah, Dwayne Kuyper... <laughs> So I, my complaint is that the honey mustard is not readily available in the ballpark. It's sporadic at best, and they don't have it on certain levels of the ballpark, like club level or field club. 
and it drives me bananas because then I have to like walk around looking for cups or like looking like bringing my food to different stations. <laughs> Anyways, it's like a, a hot mess in my opinion. So Dwayne Kuyper ended up buying me a purse sized honey mustard. Uh, and and yeah he followed up on it because he saw me uh, about a week later and said bring out your purse and if it doesn't have the honey mustard in it I'm going to be really mad <laughs> so uh sorry to tell you I don't carry it around but I do use it when I'm at home so it's, yeah I love honey mustard and uh, I'm not afraid to share that but that's <laughs> not the rant I was gonna do I was right. gonna potentially do the netting at the ballpark um which is that you know, they've obviously extended it this year. This year? Was it this year that they extended it? I can't even remember. I don't but... think they've extended it yet. What I think they did was start, I think it was a couple years ago, they they mandated that it needed to be at every park. And I think the discussion this year has been to extend it. No, I thought there was a rule that they needed, it needed to cover like where the dugouts are or something like that. Right. But at that point, it, the, the netting itself, I don't think was mandatory. So yeah. I think what they did was to make it mandatory and that it cover a certain area. Yeah, so my my thing is I don't understand why we can't just have netting all the way down the line because, you know, we've seen a lot of bad things happen this year. Uh, and the balls are being hit at an all-time high in terms of the exit velocity. Um, and it drives me crazy when people say that they don't want the netting because why? I don't understand anybody's rationale for being so anti-netting because, A, netting is netting meaning you can see through it it's not a brick wall i think people are confusing it with like a door or a brick wall or something <laughs> you can see through it guys it's netting it's netting and if anybody's ever sat down there then you know you can see perfectly i'm sorry it's gonna ruin your instagram but nobody oh, cares but let, nobody let me cares. let me add to that because these same ones that are complaining saying oh people will just people just need to watch the game and not look at their phones are the first oh ones complaining God. that it messes up pictures yeah, it's like, oh, I, shouldn't you just be looking at the game? It drives me crazy that people say, you need to watch your kids. Listen, why don't you stand there and I will have, you know, Vlad Jr. hit a ball at 100 miles an hour towards you. And let's see if you can avoid it. I, I watch the game plenty. I cover games. And I can tell you that I'm not looking at my computer every second. Because I have to, I, I'm not looking at, like, the game every second. Because mm -hmm. there are times when you're going to have to do things. You're eating. Your kid is crying. Whatever. What are you going to do about that? Well, it's just... and I have, um, I, this is why I can never play the outfield when I play softball, but I, I can't tell when I see the ball being hit, which way it's going. Oh, like, I've lost something the ball with my vision. Times. Yeah. Huh? I've lost the ball a hundred times in the lights. I don't know where things are. Like, it's just, cra it's crazy to me that people care enough to make a, a point out of it. You know? No, you know what it is though. It's the, it's the same people that don't want anything to change they want things to be the way it used to be they don't want snowflakes whining about their safety it's that same type of person i just i cannot understand it i actually did ask at some point on twitter like if you are opposed to netting i'm not trying to troll you i genuinely want to understand why you hate it so much and i got the most ridiculous responses that still don't make sense to me so oh, what were some I, of the best ones I mean, it was the same things that we're talking about now, which is just like, oh, well, you should just watch the game. I just don't think that's about, or like, it's, you know, I pay, I pay a ton of money and I deserve to see an unobstructed view. Obstructed view? It's not like there's a column in front of you, like at Wrigley. It's not even it's a, a chain link fence. It's, it's literally a net. net. 
and I know a lot of people are like, well, what if they, you know, you want somebody like Brandon Belt to throw you a ball? He, believe it or not, he's a professional baseball player that can throw it over a net. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Like, I just, I, I'm livid by how people are approaching the situation. So instead of, you know, keeping people safe, you know, also, I'm sorry, but elder baseball is, there's a lot of old people watching baseball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a sport that is very easy for older people to access. And, you know, it's been around for a long time, whatever. But like, as you get older, you are not going to have the same reflexes. Mm-hmm. You could be watching the game. It doesn't matter. So, like, it drives me insane. What are you going to say? Watch your old person to come with a chaperone? Like, that's insane to me. And it's, I've, I mean, I don't often sit down close enough to be, you know, kind of in the line of fire. But every time I have been, I've had, like, four or five, even behind the net, had four or five scary you oh know, moments God. where it's coming at me or, like, coming up over the net. So there's still danger involved. But, you, but you're not getting the same kind of speed on a ball that's coming, that's popping up and over as you are in a freaking line drive coming off the bat like you said at 109 miles an hour yeah and there's literally uh, nothing you can do about that unless you're superman yeah nothing you could honestly nothing you can do and i've had i was sitting in field club maybe like 123 or something with my dad at some point a couple years ago before the netting was a thing but i forget who was batting but it was one of the guys who doesn't have a very tight grip on the bat and um it's like cody ross or something and he tossed the bat and I ducked, you know, because I saw it, but it hit the kid behind me who had hot chocolate. So thank God it like kind of oh. hit his stuff more than it hit him. But it's very scary. You know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. blame the kid for being scared. I I was scared. So I, in my opinion, like nobody watches the game closer than me. I watch the game like a hawk. I keep score. I do whatever. And I almost got nailed by that. Yeah. And that's pretty dangerous. So, uh Stop complaining. Grow up. It doesn't matter. You can have see some empathy. That. Yeah. Have... Like I think lacking in a lot of areas in life, but in this issue, especially have some empathy for the fact that it is actually actively hurting people. To yeah. Not have you, the net. You'll never convince me that I'm, I'm wrong in this scenario. I can be convinced that I'm wrong in a lot of things, but not for some reason, I will not back down from this. No way. Well, I, I don't think that you should, because I think you're on the right side of it. Um, my, my rant's a little uh, kind of universal for every every public location, I would say, around the country, to every public venue. The line for women's restrooms at baseball games is absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't matter what time of the game you get up. If you get up mid-inning, good luck, you're going to be there two innings. If you get up, or I mean like between innings, and if you get up during the inning, surprise, you're still going to be there for two innings. Um, we were at the game Saturday, as we talked about, and I got stuck in line for two full innings. And when what? Got, yeah. And when I got back to the seats, I was just in time for um, Austin Slater's Grand Slam, only Ooh, I didn't know the bases were loaded. So I was like, oh, yeah, a home run. And then I looked up at the scoreboard. I was like, holy shit, I just saw my first Grand Slam. Because, oh you know, I've been so stuck cool. in line for the bathroom. Yeah, you had no idea what was what. No, and it was like that the whole game. I kept getting back to my seat like, wait, what the hell? So, oh, yeah. That that's is just... a pretty big gripe. And it's just, it's, I, I don't know why it is that way. Because I'm not going to say that women, there aren't more women than men at baseball games. There very well could be. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the breakdown is. But, like, you pass, because I just keep going. If I see a really long line, I keep going because you're going to find another bathroom in about, like, four sections down. 
but every line is super long and then you look at the men's room and it's just like nobody in line how does that work i know people have been asking us for ages but it's just a it's a relevant my only answer is urinals maybe (laughs) maybe that's my only thought into this not that i even know that that's accurate that's my guess yeah uh i i i don't want to say that i would compromise for that at this point but there was a moment on saturday where i thought i might you know that's unfortunate. I I mean, I don't know what the solution is. You know what I thought would be helpful? I don't think they have this. Like, I was at another stadium where they had, um, like, little indicators if a stall was open or closed. Meaning They have that at, at the park. Um, they do? They do at the Giants Park. Yeah, green and red lights. Oh, I think that's helpful. Well, but... if people know what they're doing. I We stood in line at one of them. And it, the line was like a sharp turn. So the person in the front of the line was the only one that could see in. And we stood there, and we stood there, and we stood there, and a woman walked out, and she's like, there's like 12 open stalls. Because the woman at the front didn't understand that a green light meant that it was open. Oh, so we just need an attendant. Yes, there we go. Oh, that okay. would get things moving. Yeah, I, so I feel like they attendant. used to have them. Yeah, it's probably one less thing they don't want to pay for, it, but, you know. That's a whole other I, topic. I, I feel your rant, Tammy. Yeah, sorry. I just, I, ha- I had to do it. I know it's been done before, but it was on my mind. <laughs> No worries. I, I mean, I ranted about honey mustard just weeks ago, so I mean that was an effective can't really rant. blame you. <laughs> it was an effective rant, so maybe they'll maybe somebody from the Giants organization will hear this and figure out the bathroom situation. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get ready to wrap it up, but before we do, um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to promote anything that you've got going on and to share your social media handles. Yeah, so let's see. What do I have going on? Uh, you guys can, you know, I don't want to compete with the podcast, but if you guys want more podcasts, you can certainly check out Mid-Inning Relief on uh, KMBR or any of your favorite podcast platforms. I mean, it's 30 minutes. It's fun. You can listen to it at 2x speed. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but it's a good podcast. We have fun with it. Um, and, you know, if you guys want to check out Triple's Alley, uh, that comes on <laughs> sporadically as well. But it's uh, usually on Tuesdays, Fridays after Giants postgame. Um, so uh, we have a lot of fun with that. I do that with Cole Kuyper and uh, Therese Vignal, and I have a great time doing that. We think it's fun, especially when the Giants are losing. We just try to have a good time and make people forget about our sorrows. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I uh, recently did uh, a couple interviews that are on Marty's page on KNBR with Austin Slater and my new favorite guy who is Sean Jelly in San Jose um, that I had a lot of fun doing. So if you guys want to check that out, check it out as well. If you want to learn more about those guys. I have to complain to you a little bit because something you said on Saturday got into my head and messed me up. So you <laughs> said, I, I, I think it was Tyler you. Austin, Austin, Tyler Slater. Austin, Austin Slater. Yeah. In that game after you left, after the Grand Slam, my brother was like, oh, who was it? And I was like, Tyler, no, no. Yeah. And Slater? Plus me. Yeah. yeah. I, I did not have that problem before because, like, I, I, I don't know why I didn't have that problem before. But as soon as you said that, now I have it constantly. I mean, I literally almost called Austin Slater Tyler Austin in my interview. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry I did that to you, but it is, it's tough. Too but now we've done name. it to everybody else. So, we're yes, good. sorry, but not sorry because <laughs> I so, want people to commiserate with me. Exactly. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Yeah, I'm at Carmen Q, last name spelled K I E W, across all social platforms. So, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook as Carmen Q. So 
pretty easy to find me if you want to add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, the only thing I say is I don't love when people add me on Facebook, which is why I created a public page or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Facebook, I feel like it's for like, I don't know, for family? like family and like high school friends or something. I don't Offline know. I, just like, I like to keep it separate for some reason. So Twitter and Instagram are the best places to follow me. And then, um, yeah, I, I love talking to you guys online. So I hope you guys do add me. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for being with us today. This was a lot of fun. It was great to talk to you again after two short days apart. Yeah, so much Sammy in such a short time. It's great. Yay. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Big thanks to Carmen for joining me this week. Make sure to check her out on KMBR with Marty Lurie on the weekends, on Triple's Alley on NBC Sports Bay Area, and her podcast, Mid-Inning Relief. Speaking of which, you can also subscribe to the McCovey Croncast main feed to get new episodes of this show, the original Croncast, and Rogers Prospect Podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.